0: On today's episode of Classroom Matters, I get to sit down with Eric Hadley, the science guru from the ferguson Fluorescent School District. Eric, it's so great to have you here. So how, is the, how are all, all of your time? Is at the admin in the STEAM building? So
1: this year, I am almost all at um, administration. So my office is not at Little Creek anymore. It mm-hmm. has been the last eight, eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, just because the science, it is very important and it has pulled me more from Little Creek anyway and being K-12 and implementing new curriculum, we just needed to to make that Mm -hmm. happen. So now we have somebody at Little Creek that runs Little Creek and makes my life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I still get to go there, I'll still get to run it from afar, but not make those, Mm -hmm. you know, not micromanage or anything like that. Yeah,
0: and now Little Creek is open to the public as well, so Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about what Little Creek is. So
1: Little Creek is um, a 100-acre nature center that's owned by Ferguson-Florissant School District, and um, we are fortunate enough to bring our students out there, early education, so early ed, preschool kids, all the way through 12th grade, students get to explore, and learn about the world around them at Little Creek in that kind of place-based science. And there's an elementary building specifically, and that, ta- that is able to accommodate the early ed through sixth grade all year long for our students in Ferguson-Florissant. And then there is a class for high school for all the high school students if they want to. It's called field biology, and it is outdoor learning, mm-hmm. doing more research-based um, uh, programs there some place-based and project-based science mm-hmm. and then we have uh, for middle school sixth grade comes out for more of a uh, retreat in the beginning of the of the year and so all their students come out like within two weeks of each mm-hmm. other We're looking at starting overnight camping um, and we have a challenge course out there that all our students are able to go to it's more of a voluntary basis. Uh, if the teacher's interested, mm-hmm. so that keeps busy all year long. Then we also have a vocational skills program now that that's been out there for ten years and that's that was one of my you know goals to get when I uh, first took over just because it's a place that all students Every, everybody should should have access to. Mm-hmm. And and these students are still learning their, their social skills, they're still learn, learning vocational skills, and they get that at, at Little Creek. Yeah. So they can be yeah. there for a couple of years if they want to.
0: Mm-hmm. And it is truly, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be at Little Creek several times uh, during my time in that district, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful facility. And it's amazing how... It just opens up kids to learning as opposed to being in a classroom setting. I mean, yeah, there are things you need to learn in a classroom setting, but wow, when you're out there and you're looking at the leaves and you're looking at, you know, the trees and you're in the classroom setting at Little Creek and everything is just so organically... flowing it's such a great experience for students and I think for the the community to know that you that you guys are offering that in that district and that's something pretty rare because I don't know of too many other districts that offer a facility like that for that hands-on learning
1: yeah we're we used to be one of three in the whole nation Mm -hmm. Um, it is more it is something that more districts are trying to incorporate Mm -hmm. in I know that Columbia Public Schools is trying to model something after this. It might be a little bit different. It actually might be a school on a property. So it might be a K-5 school mm-hmm. on a property. Um, but in terms of like having a bus so that our students can have access to this, and yeah. they, they do, they get to, they can be on a pond, they can do catch and release fishing, they mm-hmm. get to uh, walk the trails and learn about the ecology and yeah. the habitats and all that they yeah. uh, think that's out there.
0: So. so it's like camping at school. It and is. what kid doesn't like to camp, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going camping today, Mom. Great. Yeah. So how long have you been actually teaching science?
1: For uh, 26 years. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I started um, several years ago and loved it. Wasn't sure if I would, so I just thought, you know, let, let's, let's try it. And I mm-hmm. certainly fell in love with it. I taught life science the, the bulk of my um, classroom experience. And that was about 14 years in the classroom. And then uh, the remainder has been as some kind of a science coordinator and then, of course, um, running our nature center as mm-hmm. well. So you've so, been in
0: it long enough to be able to see the change and the difference in right. not only how we're teaching science, but the curriculum, like what the expectations are. Because would you agree that 20 years ago, science was kind of seen as like an extra? It
1: absolutely was. It, yeah. it certainly was. It even... It was always seen as an extra. So when students were coming through you know, middle and high school, coming to me as a teacher, oh, we didn't do anything in elementary school. Now, of mm-hmm. course, that's them saying it. it doesn't mean that, that that's true. But then when I became a coordinator, I, I did see oftentimes in that elementary classroom how it did kind of, it was thought of as an extra mm-hmm. or um, just not as important as Elaine Rath. Right. And it's really taken a turn now. It, it's, uh, it's come a long way in mm-hmm. terms of importance. And it's, one of those challenges is, you know, when do they fit it in? Mm-hmm. And there's so many different ways to, to make that happen, but it definitely has shown through research and also through our own students that the more students have access to science and science good, solid science curriculum, they're excelling in, in all the areas.
0: Mm-hmm. So. And now we have STEM. Yes. <laughs> STEM is yes, this new stem. movement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How long has that been around, would you say? Oh, it's kind of uh, been a while now, it's it? has been a
1: while. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't remember. I think, so in Missouri, it was Mets there for a while, so I'm sure it's been 20 years or so.
0: Oh, has it been that long? Yeah. Because, really?
1: Because, I and the only reason why I say it is because I remember Missouri wouldn't call it STEM, they call it METS, and that was when I was still in the classroom. So yeah. Maybe not 20, but yeah. 15 years. Yeah, so, 15. Uh, so a while. But it's been a while. A while. And I don't know that we always knew what, what does it mean, what does it look like. And Yeah, and know. that was going
0: to be kind of my next question, is what is the difference in just teaching science and technology and engineering and math, and now it's STEM? So what is really, what does it mean to be a STEM school or a STEM classroom?
1: Uh, it's a lot of what we do at Little Creek, and I, I love making those connections because at our STEM schools, Um, You know, we call it STEAM, which is that A is so important because it's all part of that design and creativity piece that goes in with engineering and with science. Mm -hmm. And um, it it really is what it's not, what STEAM isn't or STEM, what it's not is that rote memory and that, let me lecture to you, that's just not it anymore. Mm -hmm. And not that it probably ever was, but it's even more crucial and critical that it's not that now. And it is about incorporating all the disciplines, but especially the, those uh, STEM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and, and math together. We don't, we don't live in that silo world. Mm-hmm. We don't live where we just are moving through a science world. It all has to make those connections. And so really that's what we're trying to do with that STEAM education is to make sure that they all come together, mm-hmm. whether that's through questioning our students, or whether it's through um, projects that make students think and make those connections inherently, instead Mm of, um, well, we're talking about this cell in science and isolating it, now they're gonna bring it together, maybe thinking something uh, medical or something that that might be in the ecosystem that they wanna kind of discover on their Mm -hmm. own. So making those connections.
0: You talk about it being integrated Um, And, you know, we were just talking to some folks this morning about integrating STEAM. You know, they came in and talked about art, and we were talking about integrating the arts into science and technology and those things. How difficult is that in a classroom, uh, an elementary school classroom, where teachers are so used to teaching... First, we're going to teach reading. Now we're going to move into social studies. After lunch, we're going to do science. Then we're going to teach math. So are we moving forward? Are we progressing in the development of teachers to be able to train them how to stop teaching everything separate? Because it sounds like we should just sort of be teaching everything together. I think,
1: I think we're a, a little ways from that yet. Um, but I think that it's getting there. I think that some teachers are able to model it really well and we're latching onto them and saying, here, how do you do it? Um, and using them as the experts because it does take a pretty special person to be able to just naturally do it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, with that being said, just the way the day is designed, it's becoming a little bit easier to, to pull them together, yet they'll still learn about English mm-hmm. and reading and writing. They'll still learn a little bit about math. But then that social studies part, those, the science class, then they can bring those together. They're going to be mm-hmm. doing the reading. They're going to be doing the writing. And so everything that they've learned in this reading and writing is going to be applied in science. Yeah. And so it becomes kind of this natural progression as they get to their science class.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think if, if we evolve it over time, you know, so yeah. many teachers have been teaching a certain way for so many years. And it's yeah. hard to just all of a sudden switch that up when, in my opinion, we don't adequately – equip our teachers with the right professional development right, right. um in order to to teach in that way it's not yeah. just something like you said that comes natural to a lot of and especially right. elementary school teachers because when you get to sure. middle and high school now you're already divided and you know you're you're a science teacher only right right but man for those elementary teachers that's difficult because that is not how they are taught to teach and right, right. they at the universities that they attend
1: yeah and the teachers that do make that connection it it's like education just blows up in a great way and you can see this the students minds are are really engaged Um, but I do think it makes a difference just how we approach science Mm -hmm. especially in elementary but really k-12 when we approach it through that exploration allowing kids to explore and think of questions themselves and to Question what's around them, mm-hmm. as opposed to we tell them. Yeah, and and that's I'm seeing that much mm-hmm. more in our elementary classrooms, especially. Yeah.
0: And teachers have, <laughs> teachers have a hard Ooh. time. Listen, I did I know. it too. Me too. I, I know. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here. And, I, I mean, I did it. Like we want to tell kids everything, the minute that they ask. We just yeah. want to give them the answer. And so that, that whole piece of it is so to. hard because that is how we've been trained yeah. to teach. Um, and, you know, that was going to be my next question was, do you think that universities and teacher programs are supporting this I, type I th- of STEM education?
1: I don't think that they're not supporting it. I think that they're getting there. I think it's just it's all a somewhat of a trial and error in some of their their mm-hmm. uh, their training programs. Like, how do we how do we train them so that they right. are ready? And that's, that's still coming. I think it's getting better, mm-hmm. but um, it's still coming.
0: Do you think there's a, a large gap between what state and national mandates want and what some people feel is the best thing for kids such as this?
1: I think that's a good question. And I, So my first response, just because, probably part of it's because of my role, the new science standards, I don't know if you've had a chance to mm-hmm. look at them. Oh, absolutely, they we are, memorized them. You memorized them, right? <laughs> then you know yeah right but they are they used to be that wrote memory let me right. like if you don't know this vocabulary word you're probably not going to get this test question right mm-hmm. and now they're they are written in a way that students have to be engaged and learn about the content mm-hmm. and not learn by listening but learn by doing right. and so that's that's made a little bit of a difference mm-hmm. just be, So, so I don't think that that what those state standards are saying are so far off of what we're trying to get our students mm-hmm. students to be successful at. Yeah. I know there's still a separation, but I, I don't think it's as mm-hmm. far off as it used to be. Yeah.
0: And also I think just sort of getting rid of the idea that if you don't want to be a scientist, you don't need to know about science. Right. right? Because that kind of used That's, to be what it was. Like, absolutely. If, I'm, if I'm not going to go into a, the field of science yeah. as my career, then what's the point? Why yeah. do I even need to know this? And I think that That's with the world point. around us, mm-hmm. the way that it's evolving, you really do need, I mean, it's You need some so background important. and understanding yeah.
1: in it. Yeah. And in a way that can be, they, they can apply it. Mm-hmm. So, like even when they're thinking about voting items or when they're thinking about um, climate change, um, they can't. They, they need to be able to think critically about it and not just, well, just because that person said no, I'll follow them, or just because mm-hmm. that person said yes, I'm going to follow them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about boys versus girls because yeah. you know there's always been a big controversy on, you know. Girls don't really fit into the field of engineering and math and science. I know, right? <laughs> if you could see us, Eric's falling <laughs> off his chair right now. Um, but that has always been yeah. sort of the stereotype. And you know, I was reading an article um, where they actually did a study, and I believe it was like 230 schools and this this year long study, and they saw no difference in. Oh. And Absolutely. boys versus girls, there yeah. are just as many girls involved in the field of STEM as yeah. there were boys. And I, th- I think that, though, sometimes we don't think that.
1: Yeah. What do you well, see
0: uh, in, in reference to that?
1: Uh, I mean, my head kind of goes in a couple of different directions. Um, I see girls very excited about science. That sounded a little boring. I see girls excited about... <laughs>
0: You're anything but boring lear- <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> learning about... The field of science, um, steam, all those areas, like they, they're very engaged in it, and I think sometimes we might unintentionally mm-hmm. shut girls down. Um, I see it in classrooms once in a while, and I know it's unintentional, and I try to unpack it with you know whomever I see that happening with because it's. Both genders are very important, but we, we have to have women in, in, in all, those, in mm-hmm. all the, the science fields. Yeah. Um, that their thinking is very important. And I think of my own daughter that has very, she's very creative. And so sometimes she hasn't always seen herself as a scientist. So I've kind of, you know, pulled that thinking out of her a mm-hmm. little bit because it, it's not fair to her, but it's also just not, it's not fair to the world because mm-hmm. we, need, we need everyone's mm-hmm. thinking in it.
0: Well, yeah, and it just, it makes me think of like the stigma and the stereotype of the female or the girl that's into science is, you know, the girl that's, you know, kind of a bookworm and not, you know, well-rounded and all this, but that's really not, I don't Uh -uh. really think that that's the way that it is. You know, I have Uh a niece who is the girliest girl, yep. prettiest girl, loves all the, you know, cheerleader and dancer yeah. and all these things. And she's going to a university yep. and getting into a, a field of science. Yeah. And yeah. you would never know what to look at her. But I think that just kind of blows the myth out yeah. that there are females that are capable, well capable Very of much. being in a field of mathematics or technology or science and yeah. all of these STEM things just as much as uh, a male.
1: Yeah. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And probably about six or seven years ago, I was listening to a um, a program and something that I hadn't thought about, it might be more like 10 years ago, but they they were very concerned about, well, it was a discussion on female gender classrooms, separate gender Mm -hmm. classrooms or combined. And of course, we all need to work together, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's part of STEAM, too, is making sure that we can, we can collaborate together. Mm-hmm. But there's also such a different way that male and female work and how they mm-hmm. work together. Mm-hmm. And separating them out, especially at younger grade levels, can, at least some of the research showed, can really uh, propel uh, females into seeing themselves as, as a scientist. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So that kind of leads me to my next thought is, are we making it relevant? What we're teaching in the classroom, is that relevant and applicable to what we're doing in the world today?
1: I think we're getting there. Um, I think that curriculum, and since that's my role, I Mm -hmm. I like to think that the, or I I know that the curriculum is still lacking in some of those areas, but it's come a long way again. Mm -hmm. And when you look at STEAM when you look at what that means to to incorporate those together and then you think about what's going on in the real world so much of that has to do with problem solving collaborating um, and not or being able to to hear others and so those pieces when when we're incorporating it with our science and with our STEAM curriculum I think that's how to get to that point Mm -hmm. um I don't always see that happening to answer your question, but I do think that um, we have really strong teachers that are getting getting there
0: mm-hmm. well, and do you it comes down to the teacher right? Yes, it really does mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a lot of pressure to put <laughs> yes. on teachers. We put a lot of pressure on teachers, unfortunately, and you yeah. know um but it it really does come down to what does a teacher do with the material and how are they presenting it right. to the student? Are they making it valuable right. yeah. information or are they just teaching, okay, we're gonna learn about the skeletal system and here's, you know, the, what, 200 and, what is it, 203,
1: I don't bones in the human
0: body, that's right, oh, <laughs> we're gonna edit that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's a way that you can teach and does the professional development support that? Do we have, I mean, you're in a, you're in a right. large district and you do a lot of professional development, so so yeah. would you say that the professional yeah. development that we're offering is supporting that that's kind of what teaching? We,
1: that's what we work on. That's what my role is every time we have a PD yeah. is to make sure that as we're looking at the curriculum, pulling out those relevant pieces for our mm-hmm. students so that they can, see, they can see themselves in the future yeah. in STEAM. They can or see or themselves doing it, it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like that saying, and I don't know if people even still use this, but we, we used to say this all the time um, when I was still in the in the education world, um, where, you know, we're, we're getting our kids ready for careers that don't even exist yet. Yeah. How yeah. do you teach that? How do you teach to a career it's, that doesn't exist? Tell, talk I, to me about that. I
1: feel firmly you've that have heard that to, Oh, saying, yeah. We say it all the time. We say it all the time. And there are <laughs> jobs that won't be around. There are jobs now that won't be around. And there are jobs that we can't even think of. But it is firmly about building those thinkers. It is. It's firmly about making sure, you know, they can problem solve, they can collaborate. Mm -hmm. I know I've said that already several times, but it's so important. If they can't can't think through a problem, I don't care what job it is, they're not gonna be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And so we can't prepare them for things we don't know, right? But we can prepare them to think and to problem solve and to work together and be nice to each
0: other. Mm Well, and you mentioned something that is interesting to me because you know you're talking about we need you know kids to have time to think through things and critical thinking. That is time consuming. Ooh. Do you feel that because of the time constraints that some um, states put on classroom settings? Right, you have to do this for this many minutes. You have to do this for this many minutes. You have to do this for this many minutes. Are we really giving our kids the adequate time that they need? Or are we rushing them through a lot of the science curriculum because we have to get it done? So
1: my answer to that, because it's, it is hard, I get it, and there are a lot of time restraints. There's some of that we is out of our control. But I think the, the, the leader in the room has to be quiet mm-hmm. and give the time back to the students. We know a lot. We like, we like to, to we talk. We like to talk and tell everybody <laughs> we, we know like it. We like to talk, Eric. But it's about them. <laughs> learning. Mm -hmm. And so if we, if we turn on our facilitation mode, there's so much more learning that can happen Mm -hmm. and processing for our students than if we're doing the talking. And so I would also say that our curriculum is also leading in that direction where the teacher's not talking so much.
0: Mm -hmm. And understanding that it's okay if your kids don't get it.
1: It's okay. It, it absolutely it's is. It's all right. That's where they grow it's not, not a reflection on you. Yeah.
0: As an educator. That's a but great that part. is a huge paradigm shift mm-hmm. that we're still going through. Um, And I listen, like I said, I've been there. I still feel like that, even though now that I homeschool my I've only got three children at home that I homeschool, not even a whole classroom. And I want to give them the answers so often when I see my son struggling over solving a math problem or I'm like looking over his shoulder as he's trying to figure something out. I want to just tell him and he'll have to say, Mom, I got it. Just give me some time. Back off.
1: <laughs> oh, that's but, great.
0: But kids yeah. normally aren't going to say that in a public school setting, but we're so ingrained as educators, our job is to help give information. Right. Right. So what are, what's some advice that you could give teachers, maybe newer teachers that are coming into the field to say, just give the kids some time? What are some good strategies that they could use?
1: Well, it made me think what you're saying is that even as I'll get to your, mm-hmm, I think I'll answer mm-hmm. your question, but, you know, I've given a lot of PD and so sometimes I hit the mark and they the teachers themselves have been able to process and learn more and when I don't hit the mark it's typically because I've talked too much and so either I've caught it myself or I have a good boss that gives me good feedback and so she'll we'll we'll get to that point that well who was doing the talking who was doing the learning right well it was me and that's why they didn't they didn't get as much out of it. It's the same thing really as a teacher, like don't be afraid to take feedback, encourage that feedback from, from others. Are you doing too much talking? Like, Don't be afraid to reach out to others to watch you and see who's doing the talking or keep track of on your own. Like who's doing more of the talking and the learning? How much did you talk? How much did they talk? Those kinds of things just to kind of be cognizant of how much time that they are allowed to process, mm-hmm. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. So if I came to you as a new teacher and said, oh, Eric, I know you're the science guy of this district. I'm really struggling. I'm trying to teach all these subjects. How can I integrate some more of these science um, lessons or integrate some more of this um, STEM curriculum into what I'm doing on a daily basis? Are there some quick little things that we can tell teachers that are listening to say, if you're really struggling, you feel like you're not doing a good job at it, just try these couple small things throughout the day and it might help?
1: Um, I don't know if there's one... Easy, quick answer on that. I would say just building in time to ask those kinds of questions, um, have them solve a problem. And it doesn't have to be a big problem to solve, but um, it could be about uh, designing, having students think about you know, if there was an earthquake in Puerto Rico today, you know, well, okay, how could we design a better building to support the, the earth moving mm-hmm. or, um, and that wouldn't have to take a huge amount of time Assuming we aren't really building it, mm-hmm. and or you know something as small as uh, we're trying to catch fish, fish in this pond. What might I increase our our uh, mm-hmm. level of fi- catching the fish or something mm-hmm. like that? Just yeah. to help them think things through a little bit.
0: So it's really about the dialogue, right, that you're creating mm-hmm. with your students and what you're allowing them to create with each other. Right. Even if you're not looking for an exact answer, even right. if you never get to the answer, just teaching them how to think. Mm-hmm. and how to come up with those scientific ideas on their right. own. Because really, that's kind of what science is, it, right? It's, it is. it's all about curiosity, mm-hmm. and it's about learning and growing and discovering. Yeah. It's not about having the right answer, right?
1: And we, get, I feel like, exactly, and I feel like our students have that at an early age, and it, it can get stifled the older mm-hmm. they get. And so the more we're able to encourage that, the more their light and, and their, their fire keeps going.
0: Yeah. Well, Eric Hadley, you are an absolute delight. Thank you for coming in and being on the Classroom Matters podcast.
1: You're welcome. Today. It's my pleasure.
0: Oh, I miss you. I miss you too. <laughs> this is Christy Hull signing off with this episode of Classroom Matters.